0: Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner, we discuss ways how we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have a perfect guest. I am so grateful that we have him here. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is Matt Cuchera, and he is the podcast host of Vet pivot, and we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, He is also a former U.S. Air Force Master Military Training Instructor. Thank you so much for your service. And he helps veterans transition, and that's going to be one of our main topics for today, transition. But before I I even read anything more about Matt, because he has such a great resume here,
1: Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Ken, and thanks to your listeners for uh, tuning in and, and hearing what I have to say.
0: <laughs> My pleasure. We're going to have some fun. Again, thank you for your
1: service. We
0: might even tell some jokes and uh, maybe even some stories that, uh, that people Perfect. But, uh, <laughs> but before I even go <laughs> any farther, tell us about Vet Pivot. I want to hear about what you're doing, and I also want to hear about the podcast. Tell us about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking. Vet Pivot is, is absolutely a uh, passion project turned to business that helps uh, organizations and veterans transition into uh, civilian careers. So, you know, there's this big upheaval of life that happens when you go from being in the military, wearing the uniform and sort of institutionalized through uh, our, our military training instructors, drill instructors, drill sergeants, what, whatever you call them. And, you know, as you go through that career, you become familiar with that organization. The culture very much becomes part of who you are. What happens then is that we take that uniform off one day and we have to go back into this uh, civilian culture, as we call it. And it can be really daunting and really frightening just as much, if not more so than the day that we decide to join the military. So that pivots there to kind of help folks not kind of, we do, we help folks with that transition. Uh, It started as just a podcast, and the podcast has allowed us to grow into gaining further reach with that community and becoming a, a source or a reference point for veterans and service members that are looking to make that pivot in their life and to gain more insight, resources, network, access to connections and resources that we've had on the show so it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's cool to kind of see where uh, vet pivot's growing and uh, where it's going to go in the future so it's been a lot of fun but we also help organizations too Um, you know we help them develop better veteran hiring initiatives practices write better requisitions how to really market to the veteran community so that you not only build a pipeline of veteran talent, but also uh, you get those veterans to stick around and tell their friends that it's a great place to work. So, uh, you know, it's kind of twofold there.
0: Right. Right. As, as I mentioned before, we started the recording, uh, I've, I've never been in the military. I have the utmost respect for everybody that, that has, I have worked with a number of people in law enforcement through another business that I run. And I find a lot of folks um, in law enforcement that came from a military background. um, It seems, you know, as an outsider, that that is an easy segue for many because of some of the similarities. Um, But you know, for some, you know that that don't want to stay in that militar, militaristic type of a job that they want, you know, more of a civilian job. You know, I want to put on a suit and tie or wear khakis or something. You know, can that be a more difficult transition? Have, have you seen that, Matt? At all?
1: It's a harder transition for sure. No. So if we're comparing it to the law enforcement transition, where the culture and the mission is somewhat similar, yeah. if not identical in the sense that you are serving a community or serving a greater populace, something bigger than yourself. It's easy for military folks to go into law enforcement or, you know, EMT, fire protection, that kind of stuff really lends itself to service just the same as your, uh, your government uh, civil service type positions, or, you know, if you were to work for a government agency whether it be state, local, or even national level agencies, you're still serving a greater, a greater community, greater good for, uh, you know, for the purpose of, of advancement of the community and and spending taxpayer dollars. The so the ethics and the culture of that is all very similar. Yeah. When you when you take that huge industry pivot and go into something like a finance or go into you know, something industrial or mechanical, you know, you're going into this space where maybe it's tech, right? And it's completely different in in the culture, in the mission, you know, now you're working for a company whose sole purpose is to generate revenue and profit, uh, and a lot of times for its shareholders, right? So it's, it's a different vibe altogether. And it's one that, you know, for the military uh, members, it's going to feel really alien to you because it's not something that you're used to doing. Uh, you know, we're not trying to generate revenue in the military. <laughs> you know, we're trying to <laughs> eliminate eliminate bad people uh, and, and make sure they don't uh, continue to to come at us. So, yes, I, I to answer your question, yes, I think that that's a more difficult pivot for uh, for our servicemen and women.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it's it, it can be but you know it's interesting because you know i've always believed in my respect for the military that going from that type of environment to a pure business environment that there's got to be pros and cons there's got to be certain things that your military background really really helps you with and then some yeah. that you know are just going to be an obstacle you know what are those pros and cons of that you would tell, say, a business owner or an executive that's that's looking for uh, specifically to hire our ex-military, our retired military. What might be the pro and con in general of
1: of getting somebody from that background? I'm sure you can guess some, right? So if I if I were to ask you the same question, what would some of the what are some of the things that you think? A military person would be good at. Yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the
0: spot. I thought this was I'm my put, podcast. i will put you on the spot, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Well, what? Well, what? I will. I will tell you what I have inferred, uh, both from having worked in a, in corporate jobs and in my work with uh, entrepreneurs and executives, is that on the positive side. The stereotype is they're very disciplined, you know, they're they're very focused on getting the job done. Uh, but also that they're very rigid, that they're not very good with change, they're not very good necessarily at um to, to use your word, at pivoting. You know, that they're 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 yeah. very that they're very tunnel vision. At least that's what I've inferred and that's
1: what I've heard. Sure. So thank you, first of all. Sorry for putting you on the spot. No, you're uh, good, man. <laughs> It was somewhat intentional just in the sense that I, you know, I get this question a lot and I love to gauge the responses from, you know, from the people that ask it. And that is, you know, what you're saying is directly in line with what other people have said in response to that question as well. What you're getting with a military member that's coming into your organization is someone who is disciplined, is someone who is used to working, uh, loyally working for an organization that brings them in. So... Let me dispel a few myths or rumors <laughs> out there. Please. Yes, we can be rigid. Yes, we can be uh, somewhat, you know, difficult at adapting to change. But I think that that adapt to change piece is really the same for anybody. What I what I think we are not good at is adapting to change without reason mm-hmm. or without some sort of explanation. And what that boils down to is we just want to know what the plan is. So you got to understand we're used to coming from missions where if the mission changes, it's important that I know so that I can tell my subordinates they can tell, you know, and the information flows down the chain and that's for safety and to get everyone home alive. Um, So it's, it's ingrained in us to know, okay, well let's talk about it. Maybe I have a good idea. Maybe I want to pitch in. Or if it's just shut up in color, like that's fine, but just tell me the reason so I can better be a better follower.
0: No.
1: Whereas I think a civilian doesn't like change just because they don't like change. Right. And that's, that would be the, the rumor or not rumor, but that's sort of the stigma around civilians is okay. Well, civilians, you know, they're going to gripe and moan about change just because it's different than the status quo. Right. You're in the military. You're used to different from the status quo. You're, you're used to, you know, your chain of command saying, Hey, good idea fairy, hit me in the middle of the night and I have this great thing that we're gonna start doing now, right? And yeah. So you have to change and adapt. You just wanna know why so you can be the best follower you, you know that you can be for that leader. Um, but when you talk about the, the stress of being in the military and then going into the civilian world or the corporate world looking for that job and some of us go unemployed for you know months before we actually find that job post service. So once we finally get in with a company that's a good fit, we like their organization and their culture. You know, once we get in with that company, we're loyal. We're there. You're getting someone that's disciplined, that's going to be there on time, that's going to work hard, and try to work hard to repay the loyalty that you showed them. Now, of course, we're making generalizations, right? When, and right. the military has bad apples too, uh, sure. just like any other other organization or culture. But in in general, what you're getting is someone that's got you know, Even at our, some of our lowest levels, they have experience in, uh, in planning an operation or planning some sort of project. I'll, I'll use civilian terms, right? It, right? Gathering the resources they need to get a project done or to achieve a mission. Uh, coming up with a plan on the best way to utilize those resources so that the mission gets accomplished on time they also are very adept at working with those people to put those resources in the areas where they're most strong, right? So where they're best suited. And so a lot of the things that I'm talking about here are like project management type skills, uh, where you know, operations and project management and those things, they kind of lend themselves to each other. And there are soft skills that go hand in hand with a lot of different industries. So you're getting someone that's really good with those soft skills, really good at leading and, and developing people and training people, showing them how to do something the right way. And also very good at asking questions or, you know, trying to figure out the best way to do something. Uh, someone that's very good at doing more with less. So these are yeah. some of the things that you're getting from a military employee. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I think for any organization that's looking for someone Uh, that can fit some of those soft skills, if you have the patience and the time in that role to be able to develop them and mentor them and guide them, you know, you're getting someone that can really hammer it home for you and be a home run hire. Um, I'll say that too, that, you know, a lot of times when we leave, you know, military, one of the things that happens a lot is we go from job to job to job. So people think, okay, well, what was your job in the military? Nah, that's not the right way to think about it. Yeah. What you think about is, well, how many different assignments did you have while you were in the military? Because every time I've PCS, which is a permanent change station, every new base that I went to, I had a new job that I was doing. So when they write our, our specialty codes, our, our MOSs, our jobs for the military, they they encompass a whole broad spectrum of things because they want this very, you know, pliable uh, piece that they can put into different roles uh, within a job family. So every time you leave, you're going to go fit a different piece of the job that you've never done before. Yeah. So that, I, I would love to change the narrative on that with, you know, civilian employers that want to hire military, stop asking people what their job was in the military, because that answer is going to vary depending on how many times they've been in a different location.
0: Well, I'm going to say right here on Cool Culture Corner, you know, stop asking that damn question. I'm going to say that from that, that everybody that I see, I'm going to say that. Uh, it's interesting. Nobody listens to me, so that probably won't help you, but, uh, but we'll at least try. <laughs> now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btcinc.net and go to the Contact Us page. Simply put in your information, and in the comments, all you need to do is put strategy session. And we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15 minute strategy session to help your unique business. Number of interesting things there. Um, and one of the things that I try to do is I fall um, into this bad habit, like everybody does, in terms of embracing stereotypes. I try not to do that. I try not to let my clients do that because there's always something, well, you know, military is going to be too rigid. A millennial just wants to be on his phone. Uh, you know, a woman's going to want to, uh, you know, have a baby in three years, you know, you know, the, the, you know, got, you know, so on and so forth. There's so many stereotypes out there. And when I try to push is you know, don't look at the stereotype, you know, from an age or race or religion or, or past or whatever else. You know, look at you know the personality profile. I'm a big fan of DISC. Uh, there's other personality tools out there, and say you know, yes. I, it, I even use this example. I've I've known I've had friends that have held grudges like a woman for years and years that have been men. And I and I have women, you know, frankly, my wife acts much stereotypically like a man that she doesn't hold on to things. You know, she lets them just fight off. You know, she is very, very not stereotypical that way. So I, I, I try to push people to the look at the personality profile. With that said, you know, it's interesting in talking about um, people that are ex-military, uh in fact my my wife her two brothers one is ex military one is not and they're very very different people and you know i often think all right is it because are they different people both great people by the way are they different yeah. pe- are they different people because one had experience in the military and lived that life and the other one didn't or because of their personality profile what they were prone to one was always more prone to go into a military lifestyle than another. Um, Can you comment on that a little bit? Maybe that's a question you haven't gotten before, I hope.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the answer to that one is yes. (laughs) You know, that's – that's probably the best way to answer it, right? Yeah. So yes, they're going to be. Different it wasn't a yes. Because... It wasn't. out
0: I'm putting you on the spot. It wasn't a yes. It wasn't a yes/no question. It was. It was one that should take at least twenty minutes to answer.
1: That's <laughs> fine. Right. So, but but truthfully, it's, yeah. it's yes to both sides of it, right? So so I you know I have I have two brothers, and between the three of us, we couldn't be more different. Yeah. And although we're only separated, you know, five years separates me from the youngest one and I'm being the oldest one. We have one smack in the middle. Uh, I, I'm the only one that served in the military. And with that comes a little bit of a uh, burden of what you've been exposed to and, and the things that we leave service with that we can never take away. You know, it's, it's, it just is what it is. You see what you see, you do what you do. And unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast of, of that employment. Yeah. Uh, but there are other things too, experientially, just from our training and from what we're taught and the culture that we came from. That's going to become part of the fabric of who we are. So, in that regard, yes. But but the other piece of that is the personality piece that you're talking about. So even at a young age, we were different. You know, mm-hmm. growing up, we were we were all different. We had our own way of seeing the world. We had our own way of going about tackling the world and, and solving problems. So yes, you'll be a little bit different experientially and the culture of being in the military is going to be there uh, for the person, but also people are going to be people and they're going to have their own personality. They're going to have their own way of viewing things. And you know, that's, that's really the, the thing, right. You have people yeah. talk about, Oh, I got to, you know, that offends me and like, it shouldn't offend you. Well, I mean, that's their perspective, which right. means it's their reality. It's the way they see the world. And, you know, you, you don't have any impact or ability to change the way they see the world. That is just yeah. who they are and how they've probably always seen it. You just, it, and it's not a reason to be offended. It's just you came across two people that don't see things the same way. Guess what? It's been happening since people were people, you know? Huh. So it just, it, that's, I, I hope I answered the question well enough. You I did. I think that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you did. And yeah, I I I think that you, we could probably read a few pages in the Bible and and look at situations where people didn't agree. Uh right. <laughs> you know, pro- probably Adam and Eve when you said don't eat that damn apple and you know she <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: goes all the way back to the very first humans. Yeah. It's, uh, it's
0: interesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We needed marriage counseling even back then. Uh, but That's anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> be, be that as it may, at the time of us having this, this great conversation, recording this, you know, we're, we're smack dab in, in this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, And whatever normal is going to look like, whether it's two months from now, even six to 18 months from now, it's going to be a new normal. It's going to be different. Um, So as an expert in transition, because you've worked with this for a while, are there, is there a tip, a couple of tips, maybe some advice to people that are going to, whether they like it or not, be forced to transition due to, to what we're dealing with?
1: Yeah. I be flexible. i that's honestly, I mean, it's the best thing that you can be right now is open-minded and flexible. Understand that this is not normal. Right. I I think, and I think people do, I think people see it. I think we get wrapped up in our own circumstances and, you know, you try to continue to solve things, solve problems the way you solved them before. And that's not going to work necessarily in every situation now. Um, but that just goes back to, you know, if you talk about like, the way we learn things, the law of primacy, which is you're always going to tend to do something the way that you first learned how to do it or first saw right. uh, it being done. So uh, that's, that's going to be the thing that we have to battle is, okay, well, I've always done something this way. Well, that may not be the truth post-corona, you know, that that's how things are done. What I, what you need to remember is that you are capable of doing certain things, and it's about going back and maybe dusting off the resume and re you know retouching up certain aspects of it to kind of tell yourself what your narrative is and who you are and, and redefine yourself or maybe not redefine but just modernize your your pitch. You know this is my this is my elevator pitch of who I am, and if you have to stand in front of the mirror like yeah. David Goggins, you know, former Navy SEAL, <laughs> you got to continue to tell yourself who you are and to beat away the excuses and to tell yourself to stop making them. Uh, then that's what you're going to have to do until it becomes second nature. And you understand that this is who you are. Now you're going to kick ass and you're going to get back on the horse and, and, and everything's going to be okay again. Um, and I know that sounds a little bit like a, a rah, rah motivation speech, but in the transition space, so much of it is mental yeah. and so much of it is, is being able to have the self-confidence to understand that there's two parties at that table that are trying to get something. Yeah. You have the employer with the requisition and a role that they need to fill. And then you have the, you know, the job seeker who is looking for a role that fits them best. So the, the interests are aligned in that that job needs to be filled. And it's just about having the conversation with them and building that relationship within whatever time you get with an employer where you can say, okay, hey, I, this is what I bring to the table, right? This is who I am. This is what I've done in the past. This is why I think it's a good fit for your company. And you understand that, how to answer that because, damn it, you did your research. Yeah. But on the other side of it is ask them a question. You know, what, hey, What's a challenge that's, that you're facing right now? Yeah. And be prepared to answer it for them and say, hey, this is an idea that I have on how to solve that problem. Yeah. If they don't want to tell you a weakness that they have, if they don't want to tell you, hey, this is where we're struggling because they have an ego problem, uh, then, then just say, hey, give me an example of, of something that may happen in a day-to-day scenario for this job. And then go about telling them how you would address that day. Mm-hmm. You know, and get creative with it and get, you know, get confident with it. And and that's I mean in the transition space that's going to go a mile for you and then the you know to carry it over the goal line have a strong network make sure that you're networking with people within the companies that you want to uh, you know you you can see yourself working for
0: yeah I I love the rah rah street speech Matt it it works because it just <laughs> well it just it just makes sense you know one um, we need flexibility right now you know I I yeah. talk. Both online and offline during this situation that we 're going to have to find some middle ground and, and move the needle somewhere in the middle because you know we, we can 't continue to lock down under under a desk and be scared and try to stay away from some virus. Right. And we, also, and we also can't go back to what it was before and sit in a bar, you know, shoulder to shoulder and figure, hey, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, we, we're going to need to be flexible and find some in between. And, and you hit the nail on the head in that you just as, as, as if you were selling a service or a product, you're selling yourself to an employer. And the best, and the yeah. best way to sell is to solve a problem because we all have problems. If in, in fact, they wouldn't be hiring if they didn't have a problem that, were to, that they were that's trying right. to
1: solve. That's right. That's <laughs> right. 100%. They have a resourcing issue. They have something that right. they want to get done and they don't have the, enough people to do it in that area. So they, there's your in, right? Let me solve this problem for you. You need someone in project execution. I can fix that problem. I know how to execute projects. You know, that's just... it's really about seeing it less from a desperation standpoint, like, Oh my God, I need a job. Right. And seeing it more from, Hey, they need someone that can do what I can do. And, And sometimes just twisting it in that sense and seeing it from that different viewpoint is just enough to make someone realize that, Hey, I can get this job. I am qualified here. I should be considered for this job. Why the hell are they not hiring me for this yeah. job? This is my job, you know? And then it just starts a whole new train of, of thought that goes away from, oh my God, I need this job. What if I don't get this job? I'm not qualified for this job. Oh my, what job am I qualified for? I'm not gonna be able to pay rent. I'm gonna live under a bridge, you know? And it just, it's the two it's the divergence in thought, right? Yeah. That, that happens with someone when they're desperate for a job or when they're confident that they'll get the job. And yeah. believe me, that's a very thin line. You know, it, it's it's not like it's a, it's it's drawn in the sand and and it's you know it's clear as day. No, it's clear as mud. You know, some days yeah. you're gonna feel like, oh my gosh, I'm desperate, and other days you're gonna feel like, no, I'm, not, I'm gonna go get this.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, one of the last questions before we we wrap this up, um, to you know the the owners, the executives, the people that are hiring out there. Um, whether it's today or in the near future uh, other than you know don't ask the stupid question of what did you do in the military is there's <laughs> is there is there anything that you would suggest to those hiring managers of what they should be looking for or what they they really should ask um, any of our ex-military that are in transition to to possibly work for them
1: so I think there's a couple steps that go into that, and sure. uh, and I'll give you one or two of them here. Um, so first and foremost, there's a lot of emphasis around how do you translate the skills uh, that you learned in the military and what you've done in the military? How do you translate that into civilian speak? Uh, and you're making the veteran go all the way to you without them understanding really what that is should sound like so there should be some sort of meet in the middle on that you should understand as an employer you know when they say mission maybe to you that's an initiative maybe to you that's an objective maybe to you you know that's a a project right so understanding that that meet in the middle of trying to figure out military words and not penalizing a veteran for when they're talking to you about what they've done in the military, don't penalize them because a military word came out. Trust me, we get the point. We're being told on a regular basis. When you're going for those interviews, when you're talking to employers, knock it off with the military lingo, but it's just going to come out and it's just going to slip out. So there's got to be a meat in the middle there for sure, because at the end of the day, you know, there are benefits to hiring veterans. There are tax breaks for hiring veterans where you can, you know, that are very financially, advantageous for an employer they you know a veteran that's that's less than six months out brings that to the table when you employ them and even better if they're a, if, a, if they have a service connected disability so understand that part of it to understand that it's a stressful time and upheaval so yeah. talk to veterans about some of the things that they're walking away from so in the military what we get uh pitched to us as a reason to stay is hey you have you know the housing benefit you have the uh, you know, the, the military, uh, health insurance, you have the life insurance, you have education benefits. These are things that are recruiting points for the military to get you to stick around and get you to, Hey, you sure you want to go and walk away from all these great things we have? You might want to Mm -hmm. sign on the dotted line for another six years, you know? So it's, it's how do you tailor, tailor your pitch to the military uh, community that your company kind of crosses the line, there, unique, Uh, The military on some of those benefits in the in and that will go a long way in making yourself a military friendly employer. And then, you know, finally, when you write a requisition, the requisition you write for, you know, the mid career, uh, you know, whatever, right, mid career manager, mid career tech person, mid career, whatever you want to call them. It's not going to be this. It's not going to sound the same, or read the same, or even make sense to someone that's mid-career military or senior level level military. They're going to look at it and say, uh, "I don't, I don't know if I if I meet some of these these requirements." Right. Yeah. So there should be two different. If you have one requisition, but you're interested or open to hiring a veteran into that role, then you should have a, the same role should have a requisition that's tailored to the military member just the same as we tailor our resume uh, and this goes for anybody, right? Anybody military or not, that's applying for a role you're tailoring your resume to that role uh, to highlight the things that you've accomplished or done that makes sense for that position. Tailor your requisition that makes sense to the military so that they can easily translate what they've accomplished and some of the soft skills that they bring or technical skills in some instances that then marry up to the role that you're trying to to fill, so there's just a, a couple things that an employer can do to become more military friendly yeah
0: no awesome insight um, we've yet to have it on this show, and I'm really glad that that we have it now uh last question I have for you is for our folks out there that could really really uh Benefit from tapping into your brilliance either on your podcast or otherwise, how best can they find you out there?
1: Absolutely. If you want to listen to Vet Pivot, you can find us on any major podcast platform. We're all over the place. Uh, but if you want to get more into the weeds on what Vet Pivot does as a company and helping veterans, or if you're an employer and you want to get tapped in, all you have to do is go to ownyourpivot.com forward slash welcome. And we'll take it from there. So ownyourpivot.com forward slash welcome. And uh, we look forward to talking to you. Perfect. Perfect. We'll definitely put those
0: uh, both in the show notes. Um, and Matt, thank you for being an awesome guest and and sharing um, just a lot of great insight, period. <laughs> thank you, Ken. I appreciate you having me on. For the listeners, thanks for hearing me out. No problem. It was all my pleasure. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you for your service. And thank you to all of you out there in the audience for listening to the show. And here's hoping, as always, that you have a cool culture corner at your unique business. Take care.